Hey all you Christmas ales and winter warmers, welcome to another episode of Boys Are From Martin, a women in beer podcast. On this episode, I am joined with Mary McDonald. She is the executive director of the Ohio Craft Brewers Association. So we talk all things Ohio beer and, you know, being the head of a guild during a global pandemic, it was a really insightful conversation and one that I really enjoyed and I think you will too. So enjoy, and if I don't hop on this before Christmas, happy holidays to all my listeners. I appreciate you all so much more than you ever know, and um, hope you drink lots of good beer. Hello, everybody. I am joined with Mary McDonald. Um, She is the executive director of the Ohio Craft Brewers Association. Um, So uh, tell us, you know, let's... We'll let you introduce yourself and tell us what you do for um, the Ohio Craft Brewers Association in more detail. Uh, I'm the executive director of the Ohio Craft Brewers Association. I was hired in September 2013 as the first director for that organization. It had been around since 2008 uh, and everything was done sort of voluntarily on behalf of the by, by board members. Um, and then at some point they, need, they decided that they needed someone to sort of organize the organization. And that's where I came in in 2013. And so, yeah, been there seven years. <laughs> and kind of take us back to the beginning. So um, you said it was all voluntary stuff from the board members. How did yep. you get, you know, I think if I believe I did some research, this is your first kind of beer or job in craft beer, right? Correct. So how did you get started, you know, in this kind of industry as, you know, an executive director of a guild yeah. of, one, of a state that has a lot of craft breweries? So at the time, we didn't have a lot of craft breweries. We had about uh, probably 50 craft breweries in the state of Ohio in in 2013 when I was hired. Before that, I was the marketing director at the North Market. Um, So it's the public market in Columbus, Ohio. And we had a very successful Ohio Wine Festival that had been running for about 10 to 12 years at that point. And Barley's Brewing Company was across the parking lot from from our market. And my boss looked at me and was like, I wonder if we could do this with craft beer. So I wrangled up all six of the breweries in Columbus at the time, and we put on a, the first microbrew festival in Columbus uh, in, that would have been, let's say, 2005. And it was a hit from the start, and it grew a little bit every year, and we'd have another brewery every year. And so I got very familiar with the Central Ohio breweries through that. And then Eric Bean of Columbus Brewing Company, with whom I sort of started that uh, events became president of the Ohio Craft Brewers Association and is like well one day he was like hey I need to I need to talk to you you've got a nonprofit organizational background we're thinking about hiring an executive director talk to me about what you think uh, that job would look like and so I sat down and was like well you know you have to talk about what you want do you need a marketing person do you need a nonprofit organizational manager do you need a lobbyist what do you want this person to do because that's going to determine your job description um, and then, you know, salary and all those things. So we talked about that. And then about two months later, he was like, hey, I need you to put in a resume for this job description we finally wrote. <laughs> and so I did. Um, and they had a full, like, full-on hiring. I think they got a couple hundred applications. Uh, did a couple dozen interviews. And then at the end of that process, I, I got to be the executive director. So the very early years was a lot of uh, nonprofit organizational management, which is kind of where my background is. Before the North Market, I was with the Short North Business Association. So I've represented small independent business owners for about 20 years now. And that's just kind of my forte. (laughs) 
or it has become my forte. <laughs> so you mentioned, you know, a lot of uh, stuff that you do or a lot of stuff that the guilds do is lobbying. Is that something you had to learn a lot about in, you know, the different um, Ohio, you know, beer laws, alcohol laws? Or were you familiar with that before? Sure. I was not familiar as much with the Ohio alcohol laws, but I, I definitely am now after, you know, seven years of doing this. Um, I, I think people, some people, you have to have a passion for lobbying and it's definitely not something I have I appreciate the intricacies of politics, but it's not my forte. So uh, then in which case you hire that out. And so we hired a lobbyist in 2015. So we've had a lobbyist working with us for about uh, five years now. So I mean, I do, I, I get up and I testify in front of the house or the, the state, state house, the Senate when I'm needed, um, write letters, organize our membership when they need to, you know, contact their uh, either state or national representatives. But we have Katie Marisic at the um, in DC for the BA who does a fantastic job. And I've got Kevin Schmidt from Strategic Public Partners here in Ohio, who does a fantastic job for us and manages those relationships. So I know you guys have a, a deputy director uh, Justin Heming Heminger, is that correct? Yep. So how long before uh, he was hired on to kind of help you out with all this? Because I, it's, I mean, to be an executive director, you're juggling a lot yeah. of different things. Yeah. Well, at the beginning, my primary job was what I was. What I was Give me one second. I've got to turn my heat <laughs> off, and it is so loud. So let me turn it off. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I live in a very old apartment and my heat is so loud. I can't even turn it on at night. But anyway, sorry, carry on. All right. So when I started, um, my job was very much organizational management. I had a list, literally they gave me a list of 32 breweries who were members of the OCBA. There were 58 breweries in the state and they're like, okay, go get the other people to be members of this organization. So started with just getting to know the players in Ohio at the time. Um, and then we did, we overhauled our website. We did a whole branding campaign and just sort of established the building blocks of an organization. Um, I inherited an event. I inherited Winter Warmer Fest from uh, Cleveland, which the Cleveland breweries had been running. Gosh, we're in our like 15th year, so they've been running it, running it, ruining it, running it for quite some time before I came on board. Um, and then, uh, so we got to like I again, I was executive director, so I was doing everything, all the communication, all the event planning, all what lobbying we were doing at the time. Um, and at some point you just get to like, this is, this is what we can accomplish with one person in this organization because Mary is at her wits end. And it was like my board would joke. We're like, we have to, we have to hire the person who's going to save Mary's sanity <laughs> from working with all of us. So, um, right. So Justin got hired to the end of 2016. Uh, we did a, a whole RFP, you know, put out a job description for a deputy director. Um, probably got, 200 or so resumes again because by now we had a little bit higher profile as an organization because we were out in the world doing things um and then we hired justin he's been fantastic and his background is communications uh and some journalism and he also managed a bar so he's real familiar with the craft beer scene and he's just been outstanding yeah so since you've been hired in 2013 you said you had 58 breweries in ohio or we had 58 we have 360 now i was gonna say what's the number now so 300. And like two from 32 to 255 brewery members yeah that's crazy because here in kentucky yeah. i think i just actually just asked derek uh the executive director here yeah. um how many licenses we have and he said 88 and that's including like some of them have uh Multiple like West Texas right. locations, Country Boys too, that kind of thing. So to think that we have eighty-eight and you have 
over 200 is absolutely insane. And just right. the management that you have to have or, you know, just to make sure all these breweries are getting what they deserve is incredible. Um, right. so, so what kind of things do you guys think you've done well uh, during your time at, uh, during your time as director? I know you guys launched an app. Um, yep. I think your website's really fantastic at, you know, playing to the role of like people who don't know you have a map and all that stuff. So kind of talk about those kind of things. Yeah, I think it's all about bringing in partners. So one of the first things we did was work with Ohio Magazine and Great Lakes Publishing, and we established the Ohio on Tap magazine. So if I was hired in 2013, that launched in July 2014. Um, it, and then just growing our events. So we went from Winter Warmer Fest, we added Columbus Craft Beer Week because Columbus Brewing Company owned ColumbusCraftBeerWeek.com. So they owned the name, they hadn't done anything with it. And like two years into my stint, they're like, and now we gift this to you to do something with it. And so I created Columbus Craft Beer Week with the help of the, the Ohio, the Columbus breweries and uh, the Columbus area uh, bars, restaurants, retailers who wanted to, to do that because there were successful beer weeks in Cincinnati and Cleveland. And we said, look, we've got the playbook. We're just going to invent it uh, Columbus style. And with that, we invented 614, which was my first, one of my first interns came up with that fabulous name for our event that goes along with Columbus Craft Beer Week. And then a couple of years later, we added Aloween in Dayton and it's a Halloween themed beer tasting. So, uh, so we do, I think we do events pretty well. Uh, about, let's see, I think 2015 was our first Ohio Craft Brewers Conference in Worcester, Ohio. And so that was an educational component that started sort of small and then moves around the state. So we've had it in Cincinnati, Dayton, Cleveland, and Columbus in addition to Worcester. And now we just sort of cycle through the, the, the D's and the C's. So we went back to Dayton this year. We were going to go to Cincinnati in 2021, but this little pandemic is kind of ruining things. So we bumped that to 2022. And then we'll probably go to Cleveland and then Columbus again and then Cincinnati again. Yeah, and that's the cool thing about, you know, Ohio is they have I go three major cities, but I completely forgot about Dayton and the beer scene there. You have Cincinnati, which I'm from Northern Kentucky, so very familiar with the Cincinnati beer industry. You know, Columbus, you know, amazing brewery there. And obviously Cleveland has a rich brewing history. Um, So it's just, it's crazy that you have all those cities to not manage, but, you know, those are big markets for beers. Where And then Toledo and Dayton. Yeah. Akron and Canton. Yeah, right. I mean, we've got <laughs> here, here in Kentucky, it's just like Louisville, Lexington, and then kind of Northern Kentucky is its own little thing, but still it's, it's kind of amazing to see what Ohio's done um, in beer. And we've, got really, we've got really good uh, laws here too. So in 2013, they created the A1C license, which was the craft beer license. And so for a thousand dollars, you could have a brewery license that also enabled you to sell your own beer from your tap room, as long as that was all you were selling. So I think that license, and, and you can self-distribute up to a million barrels in, in Ohio. So I think those things really encourage the growth of the craft beer industry because it's so it's a, it's a low barrier to entry, and then you can build your own market by distributing and selling your own beer at your tap room. Right. I know that's something here in Kentucky we're still working to get is the self-distribution, which yeah. is a, a major part of growing, you know, craft beer in the craft beer industry. Um, you mentioned, you know, we're talking, you know, clearly we're in a global pandemic and that's been really, really hard on all the small breweries. Uh, I know you guys done some really cool things to help, you know, fundraise money for the breweries, including um, the Ohio Pint Day. Can you kind of talk about that and other sure. things that you've uh, done? <laughs> I mean, the great thing about uh, being, being in a guild is there are, 
50 some other guilds. And so we all play off of each other and we take each other's good ideas and we replicate them in our states because there's not a lot of competition state to state, right? Right. At least among the guilds. And so Colorado had created this pint day. I think that was, this was their fifth one this year. And when we were all looking for alternatives to dues and, and festivals as revenue, uh, Shawnee Adelson from Colorado is like, you guys, this is so easy. This is, you know, it's, it's right. a pretty basic idea. Here's what you do. And so we hired a local artist, um, Adam Hernandez out of Columbus and said, here, this is what, this is the idea. Here's a theme we're going to go with for 2020. It's in this together, Ohio, because that's kind of been the theme through the pandemic. And we want you to create artwork for this glass. You know, here's a couple glasses. Which one do you like? He picked the can glass and then we ran with it. Um, we worked with Belter Beverage because that's uh, a glass beverage company out of Ohio that does uh, uh, printed glasses. And they've supported our festival since I started. And so we sort of started with them like, hey, here's this opportunity. You're, they're going to buy the glass, right, at cost. We're going to add a dollar to the cost of the glass, and that dollar is going to go directly from Belter to the Ohio Craft Brewers Association. And so the glasses cost $2 to our to our breweries, and then they were they could give them away. They could sell them with a pint. They could, you know, give them free with X dollar purchase. They could do whatever they want with them. But it was to promote both the Pint Day uh, and the Ohio Craft Brewers Association. And we had it on Tuesday because, you know, that's just not a high traffic day. And so it, it was remarkable just how much business it brought in. If you weren't open on Tuesday, just do it on the next day you're open, right? Mm -hmm. Just don't sell the glasses in advance. <laughs> you got to at least start on Pint Day and then go from there. Uh, and we've only got a handful of breweries that have uh, Pint Day glasses left because it was such a success. So we did a survey and we're like, hey, will you do this again next year? And we've got people like, next year, can we do it next quarter? <laughs> How often can we do this? Yeah, that's, that's so cool that you say that because like just an idea that you're just doing something during the pandemic to help raise, you know, money for these, the breweries that have been struggling, but then, you know, customers and, you know, people want to do it again to help, you know, their favorite right. breweries. Well, awesome. and it, I mean, we have an awesome artist who also does can work for Jackie O's. And so he's got sort of a, a following and a cachet and, and he's just a great guy. I just ran with our theme. So he did the state of Ohio. It's a cardinal is our state bird, but he mm -hmm. turned it into a phoenix. Like we will rise from the pandemic and go on to better things. Um, and so that had a lot of appeal too. And so now, like I swear, once, twice a week, there's still people are tagging us on Instagram because they're, they're filling their, their Ohio Craft Pint Day glass with some beer. That, so it's, it's got legs further than that too. And I think they'll become collectible. That's awesome. We also did, we also did Ohio Brew Hall uh, back in May. So it's kind of around Memorial Day weekend. And I mean, our goal was just to drive customers to the breweries, right? Everything we've done this year is all about communication, communicating to our breweries what's going to happen and what's what the effects of them are, what the effects are on them in, in terms of legislation or governor's orders and things like that. And then communicating to the public how they can support the breweries because, I mean, they're parts of their community. People want to support them. So um, pretty early on, Justin created a map on our on our uh, website so you can go to that map and you can click on any brewery and it'll tell you whether they have hours whether they're shipping or whether they're doing direct delivery and whether they have gift cards like how you can support that specific brewery and uh because um, you guys can you breweries can uh, ship alcohol in ohio correct yes yeah, yeah you can direct ship you can you we've always had the ability because we, we can self-distribute so we can direct ship to customers we can direct deliver to customers yep so how much how much has that helped the breweries during this time because it's i think it act that law just got passed in kentucky like the other day yeah. but, so um what kind of role did you know those kind of laws always already being in place help the breweries during this time 
Well, it was huge for keeping staff, right? So, uh, because you can do direct delivery. So, Wolf's Ridge Brewing would like, we deliver, they deliver in Columbus like five days a week, but then they'd go to Cleveland or Dayton mm. or Cincinnati another day. You like, place your orders. We're going to come down to your city on this day. And so they kept their staff uh, employed that way. So, so that was huge. And then the shipping too. We've probably got a dozen breweries that are shipping. Um, Urban Artifacts mm-hmm. probably does the most extensive yeah. shipping. And they ship to like, if you can ship to Alaska or Virginia, there's like, there's only like 10 or 12 other states where that you can legally ship into. And they're on top of it. Like they know, <laughs> they know how. And so they've been given advice to other breweries who want to ship out of state. Yeah, I remember when they did that, like the states they were shipping to. And I was like, that's awesome. Good for them, yeah. you know, spreading their product across the states, growing their name. And um, hopefully Kentucky will be able to quickly get on top of that because I think that's just yeah. huge. You know, it's, you know, getting, getting beer out the door because people can't come yeah. in the door. So yeah. Can I get Country Boy delivered? That'd be awesome. <laughs> soon. I think, yeah, probably very soon. Um, and well, then Country Boy, to, Country Boy can ship to me because they can ship out of state as long as as long as you get a permit to ship into Ohio I don't think the Kentucky law matters they can ship to me through UPS you just they just can't ship within Kentucky that makes sense yeah it's again you know part big part of your job is knowing all these laws and you know I know the Kentucky ones a little bit but um yeah it's I think that's one of the things that people don't realize with you know the guilds is how many like things they have to know about like you know you laws and regulations and even politics that kind of thing yes but we also give the disclaimer like we're not allowed to give legal advice so i can tell you what the what the law says i can i can quote the code to you and i can tell you what i what i think the interpretation is but you should hire a liquor attorney or you should call the ohio department of liquor control for absolute clarification if you want to do Mm -hmm. something that's nuanced on on what the rule says and then kind of going back i know you talked about one of the key things during this pandemic was communication um what was like the hardest what was kind of, what am I trying to say? What was the hardest part about your job during this pandemic? Was it just like the amount of people contacting you being like, Hey, what's going on? What can I, we do? Or it's just a feeling of hopelessness yeah. and, and helplessness, right? These are, I mean, we call, we call these, this, they're our kids, right? We, <laughs> I'm like, they all have my cell phone number. They've got my Facebook, like you can Facebook message right. me. Like if, if my phone is on, I'm going to answer the call. Or I'm going to answer the Facebook message, whatever, you know, and if it's because you need advice or you just want to scream at somebody because you just, this is just a horrible situation that no one should be in, then that's what I'm here for. Um, and I think it's just that, that feeling of like, right now you just want to shake Congress and be like, do you understand? You, I don't think you understand what's going on in your districts right now and mm-hmm. how many, how many businesses are at risk. Never mind the breweries, the restaurants, the bars, right. the, every hospitality business is at risk not to mention people who can't pay their rent or buy groceries for their kids. And it's Christmas, like all the, the American people are suffering and you have the power to do something about it. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And here we are, you know, December 17th, and we still don't have a solution for how we're going to get through to 2021. And what was your kind of daily contact with the breweries, you know, updating them on what's going on? Was it, um, did you guys have video calls, emails, sure. you know, kind of talk about that. Um, so we've got a monthly email newsletter that comes out the first week of every month. And then as governor's orders or anything else that came out, PPP, we would do individual emails. Like this is important because you know, they pay attention to it, right? (laughs) Normally we do one a month. If it's more important, you're going to get more than one a month. Um, we've got a very active Facebook page. That's our, all of our members. And so we would post on that because that gets immediate traction. 
Um, and, and then we did our quarterly meetings via Zoom, so we kept those going. Um, June, we got June, September, and November. Um, yeah, so it was just, just constant, constant, <laughs> constant communication when it was necessary. Um, the mo again, the most uh, immediate one was Facebook. So if something's going on, I can post to that. People will ask their questions on there. We can have answers or send them to resources. And then we created on our, on our website a whole resource page of COVID-19 resources. Here's PPP questions, EIDL questions, uh, you know, sanitation questions, reopening your brewery questions, shutting down your equipment questions, like all those things, like VA resources and any other resources that we have for members who do uh, legal stuff or accounting and, and PPP and, and things like that. And um, I just had a question. I totally forget. Oh my gosh. Some <laughs> <laughs> um, of those gears, Kinsey. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, oh my God. I'm so mad. I had totally had a question. Oh, well, um, yeah, we'll kind of, you know, transition. I mean, it, obviously the pandemic's a big thing to talk about, but we want to kind of talk about uh, better things going on in Ohio or in Ohio beer and just beer in general. Um, so kind of what's, what, I guess, what's next for you all? Like what, you know, goals do you have for the, the I keep wanting to call it a guild. It's the same thing, but the Ohio craft yeah. beer. Yeah, guild association. We're, we're still a guild. Yeah, also guild. Um, what's what's next for y'all? What do you guys have coming up? Are you starting to plan events for 2021? Or are you um, sort of? <laughs> so we know that the that the conference isn't going to happen in in Cincinnati in January. We've got to move to January 2022 in Cincinnati. If circumstances change, we will plan one for summer. If right, if it's safe to gather again, and we can tell that it's going to be like by like March or April, so we have time to plan a, a conference, we'll do a smaller scale scale conference because that's huge for our members. Just the educational opportunity, and then the opportunity to get together to network and just learn from each other. Um, and I think in 2021, if if it's possible to do that safely, they're going to need that more than ever, just because we've all been in our isolated in our own little <laughs> bubbles, and you know you only see what's going on on social media. And I think that getting the, getting the gang back together will be huge when we're able to safely do so. And I remembered um, my question. So. <laughs> go. I was going to say, I was going to wrap up the, the, the pandemic talk is saying, what is the current state of people being able to visit breweries right now? So and is, it Ohio, different, is it different per area or? It's different for every state, right? Oh, yeah. So it's based on the laws. So in Ohio, we've got a 10 p.m. curfew. Um, but you can still, you can go out to eat at a bar or restaurant provided they're, they're paying attention to all the protocols. And so you can still, you can go sit down at a brewery till like 930 and, and have a beer. And then you got to be back home by 10 o'clock. Do that you guys is, have any capacity? A, we don't have restrictions. restrictions. You just have to be able to meet the, like, uh, you have to have, uh, plexiglass partitions up and okay. you have to have six feet of space and right. So you have to be able to, to safely distance parties from one another. And I think the maximum party size is 10 still okay. at a bar or restaurant. Um, yeah. So as long as you're safely meeting the protocols and, and now there's a mask mandate. So, right. So you have to be wearing a mask unless if you're, unless you're sitting down and actively eating or drinking, you're supposed to have a mask on. So if you get up to go to the bathroom or go to order, you need to put your mask on. Yeah. I didn't know if like with some of the bigger cities like Cleveland, Columbus, you know, Cincinnati, the three C's, if they had, you know, their own city, um, 
you know, guidelines and regulations. I I think, I think like a lot of the city, Columbus State went into a mask mandate and and a curfew earlier than the statewide wanted, and they've done different things. But I think right now with the mask mandate and the 10 p.m. curfew, everyone's kind of on the same uh, operating thing right now. We're, We're all rowing in the same direction in theory. Probably makes it a lot less confusing and easier for you just to communicate the kind of the same overall message to all of your members. Um, That's another thing I want to talk about is you have, you have, you know, three different memberships and probably the one that I would love for you to talk most about is your enthusiast because that's probably going to be. No, that's not. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously if you're, your brewery members and I think you call them your allied members, which are uh, we don't do a very good job with enthusiast membership, Kinsey. <laughs> let's just say no. let's do that. We, I started it, and, and for a while, it would, we, we had maybe 100 people who were enthusiast members, and we probably still have somewhere around that now. But once we started the app, and I sort of glossed over this, oh, we started mm-hmm. an app in 2017. Um, that just sort of became our portal, and okay. we've got 46,000 downloads. So we sort of treat that sort of akin to the enthusiast membership. So if we're going to do discounts on tickets, oh, we send cool. it to those people and, and say, hey, Winter Warmer Fest tickets went on sale, I'll get $5 off with this code. Um, for Winter Warmer Fest right now, we know we're not going to have it in March. We bumped that to 2022 or whatever. <laughs> and so we're selling Winter Warmer hoodies. So we took, we still had our graphic designer design a Winter Warmer Fest uh, logo, and we're going to do hoodies that you can so you can pre-order them now by the end of December and then we'll ship them out in January so that come March the first Saturday in March when we would have had Winter Warmer Fest you can wear your hoodie and then if you post a picture of yourself wearing your hoodie you get five extra points on our passport yeah I'm looking at the design on the hoodie it's fantastic it looks like it has a dog a dog skiing down a hill kind of like St. Bernard it's like, yeah, I was going to say, kind of like the yeah. Browns logo. That's awesome. Exactly. Right. So it's a Cleveland event. So we went with the, yeah. the orange and brown and sort of a 70s like uh, font and stuff. Um, and then on the day that would have been Winter Warmer, so one of our, one, one of the like, key attractions at Winter Warmer Fest is our cask area. We do an outdoor cask area at our venue. And so we're going to do a cask day. And so any of our participating Northeast Ohio breweries who want to come up with a, like, do a winter warm or a barrel aged or a cask beer, we will promote going to those breweries that day. Like, hey, go to Mm -hmm. High Hope Brewing in Cuyahoga Falls and get their cask beer. And we're going to do the same logo that's on the hoodies we're going to do on glassware. And so if you go there, you'll get a little souvenir last because, you know, bummer that we can't have our event this year. But here, this is the one and only time you're going to get your own special souvenir glass. That's a 12-ounce thing instead of a four-ounce thing. (laughs) The festival, but you got to go to the breweries, all the breweries to do it. That's, I think that's great. You know, it still encourages people to get out and support the breweries, but obviously without thousands of people. Right. And then we learned an important thing about semantics, right? Because we were calling it a cask crawl, but we didn't really think that you were going to just go brewery to brewery that day, <laughs> right? And that's not what we intended you to do. We want you to go visit one brewery, right? And get their right. cask beer and celebrate Winter War Press. But people were like, well, now you're just encouraging like unsafe behavior. Like, right. it's not really a pub. We're not, that's not what we meant. All right. So we're, mm-hmm. it's, it's a cask day. Yeah. <laughs> Go visit it, your favorite brewery who's going to participate in this. Get a special glass. Post it on Instagram. We'll give you another point for your passport. Don't be yeah. unsafe. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Social distance. <laughs> and that's another thing I think you guys do. You do a passport is for the whole for the whole state, correct? Yeah, it's a passport talk- app. Yes. So Ohio, so- Ohio on tap app. So it's the same as same our magazine. App. Same name as our magazine. Um, and so if you're a member of, of the OCBA, you've got a, a 
passport portal on our app. You can go in and upload your photos or your beer lists, your events, whatever you want to do. But as customers go around the state, uh, passport holders go around the state and they check in at breweries, um, grabbing a beer or picking up a growler right now or whatever they're doing, um, they get prizes as they go to more breweries. So, you know, if you go to 10, I think you get a sticker. And if you go to 25, you get a hat and it just grows from there. And that is for the entire state, correct? That's for the entire state. Yeah, because and so it's fun because we've got people who are serious about this. Like <laughs> um, one couple in the first year, it took them like nine months to go to. At the time, it was probably 170 breweries, and she had a spreadsheet and oh then my gosh. like, okay, we're going to Canton this weekend, and we're going to hit X, you know, this number of breweries. So people take it very seriously, That's and it fantastic. has a leaderboard too. So like, I can pull up the app and I can tell you who the top 10 people on the leaderboard are. Your stamps are only good for two years. Uh, there used to be one, then we made it two because it, because now we have so many breweries. Right. Like, it's right. impossible to get to. So I think we might have yet three years now, and then your stamps roll over again, and you have to start over. Wow, the spreadsheet. I like that. She's very yeah. organized. Because <laughs> here in Kentucky, we have uh, Lexington has one and Louisville has one, yeah. so it'd be really cool if they were able to combine and just do the whole state. Um, right. Well, and, yes, because Columbus has the Ale Trail, I think Cleveland has their own, and Dayton has their own, but. But we just we just like well right. that's fine do ours while you do theirs because yeah. we're gonna send you a prize either way <laughs> you can do you can get eight stamps Double when you go to, right go exactly it. nothing wrong with that and then we'll you know we'll kind of transition this is a women of beer podcast so I like to talk about you know being a woman in this industry um, so you are the executive director of a guild and I'm sure I don't know the number but there probably aren't many other women who are the executive director of there the are guilds. I, I I beg to differ I think there are really? a lot of women that okay are as well. yeah I mean I can I can just tell around the state I like uh Wyoming Montana Minnesota uh Colorado we talked about Shawnee earlier um I I feel like there's a, a fair number of us Washington Oregon well I'm glad I'm very wrong with that then <laughs> um and you would obviously know more than I would I was just kind of thinking off some of the ones that I knew and I'm like well yeah, I mean I started in 2013 well good I started a beer fest in 2005 and when I did I would joke to my single girlfriends like um you should be at the north market on Friday night because it's going to be a whole lot of beardy white dudes if you are looking to like to find a date this is a good <laughs> this is a good place to do it but then every year it became it became a little bit more diverse at least uh gender wise and so when I started in 2013 um I also joined Pink Boots, and I think there mm -hmm. were probably 50 of us. And then, like, there's there's hundreds and hundreds of us at recent meetings. So it's it's really encouraging to see. And then, so I, you know, I mentioned before that you work with um, the Justin's your deputy director. So technically, he works under you. If you two walk into a place, do most people assume that he's the executive director? They, I don't think so. I, I okay. Mean, and and just to be, I mean, all of our members, I think, are very clear that I am the director and Justin's very deferential about that too and so I mean he's he's a big he's a beardy dude who looks the part of a, of a brewer right. and we we were joking when we hired him like well this is I mean he fit the profile so of course that's why we hired him but it's, he's an outstanding deputy director and he's an outstanding communicator and he's super organized and he's just lends so much to the team but no I don't no, I think I think they like us both equally as they should. <laughs> no, yeah, my question was kind of stemming from um, I talked to Carla Giselle Streeter, one of the professors at yeah. uh, Cincinnati State. Oh and yeah, she said when Tom. she goes, yeah, when she goes to events and her husband's sitting there, they always go up and talk to Tom, thinking he's the uh, yeah. the Cincinnati State 
uh, person for the, the brewing science program. So right. it's just always fun, interesting to ask people that, but I'm glad like. It's a, it's a different dynamic though too, right? I mean, I, I think for our organization and what we do, we're very high profile mm-hmm. in terms of, of the communications, right? And so I, I think that that helps too. Now, if I were, if we were to walk into a bar together and sit down, that, that might be differently because there's right. people who don't know us, don't know our roles or what we do. But in our community, I think, um, I think we're we're comfortable in our roles and everybody kind of knows <laughs> who does what. <laughs> Justin is the great communicator, sends out all the newsletters. If you want to get something in a newsletter, you should probably send it to Justin, not me. <laughs> He's the one sense. you have to suck up it's, to on that. <laughs> it's very on brand for a lot of like uh, breweries and owners. It's like you have to send it to somebody else to yeah. get it because they're just super busy. Um, you know, you are in this high role in, you know, the, your guild. And then obviously there's above the guild, there is the Brewers Association. So what would you say to other women who want to get, you know, this high profile job in the beer industry, but, you know, might be a little hesitant because they are a woman and might be overlooked. I I mean, I think I've lucked into all of my jobs. I I joke that I've had, I'm the, like a series of crazy, awesome jobs. And the the last next one is better than the last one. And this is like the epitome of all of them so far. And I mean, I, I, I started by by getting involved by creating something or getting involved in the industry in an, in another sense and just learning about it right mm-hmm. I mean when I created when I helped create the Columbus Microbrew Festival and we can tell how old that was because it's called a microbrew festival <laughs> not a craft beer festival right um, I didn't know that it would lead to a job seven years later eight years later it was just I was doing something that I loved and had passion for which was helping to support small local businesses. And I happened to like beer because I spent a year abroad during college and like would never drink bad beer again mm-hmm. <laughs> after going to Germany and France and Luxembourg. So I just, you know, find something that you have a passion for and then get involved where you can get involved and then always look towards what you want to do next. I think that's Get involved fantastic. in pink boots, get involved, yes. right? It's education. So if you want to be a brewer, then find places, get involved in your local pink boots society and find places and opportunities where you can learn to do what you love. I think that's fantastic. Um, before we kind of ch- switch over to my rapid fire questions, um, <laughs> do you guys, so how, you're going to tell me one more time, how many current breweries are there? There are 360 last time I checked. 360. Are there any, like, how many breweries do you guys have in planning? You know, what's... <laughs> So, so uh, remarkably, this year has been kind of stable for us. We mm-hmm. usually have about 40 to 50 breweries open a year. And I think last time I checked, we had about 40 breweries that had opened so far this year, despite That's everything. Insane. And we had, I think, 11 closed so far this year. But only four of those were directly attributable to COVID that I would, right? So we're sort of, we're sort of even keeled for this year. Next year will be interesting, right? Because right. we don't know, we still don't know where this is going and how long mm-hmm. and how the winter's going to go when it's harder for people to be in outdoors and and stuff like that so so in 2020 you had 40 breweries open uh, yeah i i can check my spreadsheet and then <laughs> but i think it's around 40 breweries have opened so far I, i'm pretty sure it's 11 that have closed and we've usually got somewhere between 40 and 60 in planning um that's that's amazing you know it's just yeah. kind of a testament that people are still willing to want to support local and especially local beer yeah. and you know, Ohio, I think is, you know, people always mention like Colorado and, you know, the Pacific Northwest and uh, obviously North Carolina with Asheville as being great beer cities. But I'm like, yeah, Ohio's great. Cincinnati, Columbus, awesome. Cleveland. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm so up. proud of our state. And and so we go to Great American Beer Fest most years, obviously mm -hmm. not this year. But I think like, well, this was right before Justin started, so probably 2016, I had, we have our, our, our logo is like drink beer made here is mm -hmm. one of our little slogans. And so I was like, oh, we should put that on the state of Ohio flag. So I had my brother who is a pretty good crafter create a state of Ohio flag with the drink beer made here logo on it. And then when every one of our breweries won uh, at GIBF, I would like, I'd be there before they went on stage. I'm like, you're taking the Ohio flag with you. <laughs> And so for like four years now, every time we win a Great American Beer Fest or, or uh, World Beer Cup, my breweries go on stage with that flag. And they're, awesome. they're just, they know that I'm going to be waiting for them or Justin's going to be waiting for them to hand them a flag. And they go up there and they are so proud to represent our state. And we're just all cheering. Like, we're just all excited. You do and sound like a very proud mom right now. Like they are your kids. Flag. We got to do this. Like No one's stopping you from doing it. Again, we have good ideas. Share right. your ideas. Go make your own flag. I don't care. Well, that is fantastic. <laughs> I think you, what you were doing for Ohio and as someone who kind of grew up you know I grew up in northern Kentucky right across the river so it's really cool to see you know I don't I call Kentucky home but I'm you know since I'm very familiar with Cincinnati and the Ohio area so it's really yeah. cool to see that area flourish um so awesome stuff that you were doing okay, we have growing. Questions. yeah uh so <laughs> you I know you probably gotta go so, oh, no. so I gotta go with two. Oh, okay um, so yeah, rapid fire I'll name two things you name which one you prefer six pack of 12 ounce cans or four pack of 16 ounce cans Four pack of 16 ounce cans. No idea why. <laughs> Glass bottle or can if you're drinking straight from it. Ooh, bottle. Ale or lager yeast? Ale. Crowler or growler? Crowler. Sit at the bar, sit at the table. Sit at the bar. Yeah, under normal, under normal circumstances. We can't right, do bar. Exactly. Uh, New England or West Coast? No, even Coast now I prefer to sit at the bar because they've got the plastic yeah. partitions. It's safer. Oh, so, so we can't do We can't. We do no bar seating. So, uh, New England or West Coast IPA? Oh, New England. A stout reporter. Both. <laughs> Gotta pick one. Uh, I'm Irish, so I'm gonna go stout. All right. Gosa or Berliner Weiss? Gosa. Seltzer or cider? No. Neither. <laughs> cider. <laughs> Peanut butter or coffee in your beer? Peanut butter. Oktoberfest or pumpkin beer? Oktoberfest. And then favorite beer glass style? Ooh, uh, the Willies. That, that that's one gets re repeated every time. It's a good one. All right, then well, two questions. It's also like the most known, right? Yeah. Versus like just a tulip or something. It's got right. a name. Uh, two questions. Uh, if you could go on any beer vacation, where would it be and why? Uh, probably back to Belgium because I spent my junior year abroad in Luxembourg uh, with no appreciation of, of beer or the beer scene other mm -hmm. than like what we get at the corner pub. And so I'd probably revisit that with a for a better education now that I'm in right. the industry. And then who would you most love to have a beer with? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> probably my grandpa who passed when I was 11 because I never got to know him in my adult right. life. And that'd be, that'd be fun. Well, that is a fantastic answer. Well, Mary, thank you. I know still things are kind of crazy. So I appreciate you taking time out of your day. It's going to get better, right? Yes, it is. Exactly. Well, thank you again. Have a great afternoon and yes, enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks. Bye.